Thanks for checking in on this podcast. You are about to hear an inspirational teaching from Caris Ministries. If God has used this ministry to bless you in any way, please take a moment and write to us at amen at charis.org. We are always inspired and blessed to hear how God is blessing people all over the world through what he is doing here at Caris. Also, if you would like to support this ministry financially, you can do so online at charis.org so we can continue making podcasts such as this available free of charge. Father, we thank you for the teaching of your word. As we hear your word, teach us your ways. Reveal Jesus to us. Let us have a direct and disputable and clear impact and encounter with your spirit. Holy Spirit, take control. Holy Spirit, fill this room with yourself. Saturate us with yourself. We need more of you, Holy Spirit. As your word is taught, wherever this word is being listened to, right now, those who are listening to us across the world via Internet live streaming. We pray that Lord, wherever they are, those who listen later, wherever anyone of us find ourselves, as your word is taught, let what happened in Acts chapter 10, verse 44 happen. That whilst your word is being taught, your spirit is resting upon us in the name of Jesus. Holy Spirit. I'm teaching on the gift of the Holy Spirit. The gift of the Holy Spirit. We've been speaking about the Holy Spirit coming upon us. The difference it makes in our lives when the Holy Spirit comes upon us. And I was talking about that and I spoke about, so how does one get the Holy Spirit? What do you do for the Holy Spirit to come upon your life? Sometimes you are already born again. Or you know something, you are already born again. You are, uh, you already receive Holy Spirit baptism. But what do you do to be refilled and continue being filled with the Holy Spirit. And I spoke about, number one, it requires prayers. Amen. It requires praying. So, not like, oh God, help me, deliver me. Oh God, give me a shoe. Oh God, give me a house. No, I'm not talking about that kind of prayer. I'm talking about the prayer that keeps you in God's presence long. So you stay in His presence and are praying. Sometimes an hour. Jesus told the disciples, couldn't you even watch with me for one hour? So, one hour is not too much. Sometimes two hours, sometimes three hours. Stay in God's presence and receiving of Him. It's like you are, you are inhaling more of Him. You are taking, so that's what prayer does. And then, so I said that it requires praying. And then number two, I said it also requires a desire. You must have a desire for God for him to come upon you. you. God will not force himself on anyone. God does not do that. God will not force himself on anyone. Simon said, well, I don't need God. <laughs> you need God more than he needs you. Before you came around, he's been, and after you are gone, he'll still be. Yes. Hallelujah. If people come to this situation, they feel, well, I'm okay. Well, no one is telling you to be religious. No one is telling you, you don't need to be religious. We need God. Can't you see it? Just look at your life. Just look at, consider your life. And you realize you need God. So a desire. Alright, you need a desire for the Holy Spirit to come. You need a desire to receive the Holy Spirit on your life. And then number three, so number one, prayer. Number two, desire. Number three, 
consecration, separate yourself from things, infiltrations that will not help the presence of God around your life. Separate yourself, dedicate yourself, consecrate yourself unto God. And then, number four, did I mention number four? Are you sure? Number four is passion for the lost. When you have passion for people, like you heard in our sister's testimony, she was excited about someone receiving the Holy Spirit, someone coming to Jesus. If you don't have that desire, it's, 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 it's becomes more daunting and difficult for the Holy Spirit to find an expression in your life very quickly. All right, because the Holy Spirit's assignment on earth is to point people to Jesus. That's right. So if you don't want people to come to Jesus and that doesn't really bother you and you are not interested, then it becomes very difficult for the Holy Spirit to quickly want to settle on your life because that is his main assignment. His main assignment, in fact, in Acts chapter 1 verse 8, he says that you shall receive power after the Holy Spirit have come upon you. And what happens? You become witnesses unto me. Alright, so you are supposed to witness Jesus. And if you have a desire for the lost coming to know Jesus, it makes it easier. He says that, stir it up in our heart, a passion for, for your name. A passion. There needs to be a passion for his name and a passion. That means that Jesus Christ being revealed. He said, if I be lifted up, I will draw all men to my side. So a passion for the lost, it is ne- it's necessary to have an impartation for the Holy Spirit to come upon your life. In Acts chapter 4, verse Verse 29, Bible says that the content of their prayer was that, Lord, behold your threatenings, grant to your servants that with boldness they may do what? Speak the word. Speaking the word to, speaking the word to our lost world. And Bible says that when they had prayed, uh, watch verse 30, it says that by stretching your hands and signs and wonders will be done through who? Through the name of your holy servant Jesus. So it's about Jesus. Alright, Bible says then when they had prayed, the, the God didn't waste time answering that prayer. <laughs> just when they had placed the place where they, they had, the whole place shook and they were filled with the Holy Spirit. And what happened? They went and spoke the word of God with boldness. So, it's your, your desire to tell about Jesus, tell the story of Jesus, is what qualifies you for the Holy Spirit to come upon you fast. Does that make sense? So, a passion for the lost, and then number five, the word of God. If this, how do you get the Holy Spirit to come upon you? One, praying. Number two, consecration. Number two, desire. Number three, consecration. Three, the uh, passion for the lost. Number four, the word of God. As you expose yourself to the word of God, it makes it easier for the Holy Spirit to come upon you. Because he's the spirit of the word. Bible talks about Acts chapter 10 verse 44. Bible says, whilst Peter was yet speaking. Alright. He wasn't a public speaker that lecturing. He was speaking God's word. Acts 10.44, whilst Peter, I like in James, whilst Peter yet spake <laughs> these words, I like that, whilst Peter yet, he didn't have to finish speaking, whilst he was in the, see, so whilst I am speaking now, I can tell the Spirit of God is going to rest upon some people who have the desire for him. Yes. Whilst Peter yet, say yet. Amen. Yes. Whilst Peter yet, in the, he didn't have to finish speaking. Whilst Peter yet spake these words, the Holy Spirit. I like, the, I like the, the expression there. It was like the Holy Spirit was standing. And whilst he was speaking, he just fell. He fell on them. He said, he fell. He said, the word of God paved the way for the Holy Ghost. So why wouldn't you saturate your, your house with God's word? Whilst you are driving, saturate your driving with God's word. 
Because when you create that environment, when the word environment is created, the Holy Spirit actually falls. I see the Holy Spirit falling on someone. Oh, I see the Holy Spirit falling on someone right now. In the name of Jesus. And so, when you, when you create a word environment, it makes it conducive for the Holy Spirit to fall or come upon your life. Say, Amen. amen. Say, amen. amen. And then lastly, I like this. Impartation. Through impartation from his servants. How does the Holy Acts chapter 19 verse, verse 5. Bible says that and when they heard this, they were baptized in the name of the Holy Spirit. So look at verse 6. Look at this. What happened? In verse, let's not read it from the screen. Are you ready to read it? Alright, let's, let's not read it out loud. Let's go. When they had laid his hand on them, what? Let's read it again. The Holy So, is there a correlation between the laying of the hands of Paul on them? It was as though the Holy Spirit was hiding in the sleeves of Paul. Because like he was waiting. Was he in the hand of Paul? No. But the Holy Spirit comes through impartation of God's servants. When Paul had laid his hands on them, the Holy Ghost came upon them. Through the laying. Does that make sense? When Romans chapter 1 verse 11, he made a strong statement. Some, one of the first time I saw it, I thought about it. I thought through. But we didn't have to come because in the realm of the Spirit, there's no distance. In the realm of the spirit, you can speak. The man told Jesus in Matthew 8, 8, you don't have to come to my house. Only speak the word and my servant will be home. So if that works in the spirit, that there's no distance, you can be in London and speak for Ebola to stop in Sierra Leone. You don't have to travel there. Someone can be in the hospital in Miami and you can be in London and speak and say, be sealed and it changes. But why in Romans chapter 1, why did he say, I desire to come to you that I might impart to you spiritual gift? Now, if he had said physical gift, then it could have made sense. Even now, if someone wants to give you money, he doesn't need to come to your house. All he needs is your account details and you wire it. <laughs> Shout yes. Oh, I feel like somebody is about to receive some transference. Some, some, some money is about to be wired into somebody's account. I said money is about to be wired. And you don't want it. Money is about to be wired into somebody's account. So I see. So I see. I don't know why I have to say that. But I believe it's for someone. I'm not talking about money. But... Sometimes receiving money can be an answer to prayers. Mm. <laughs> money is about to be wired. So, so if, if it was just physical gift, then it is necessary to show up. Like you go to someone's birthday, you have a card for him. Then you have to show up if you can't post it. But Paul said, I want Romans 1. 11. He said, For I long to see you, to see you, that I may impart some spiritual gifts unto you, so that you may be established. Wow. And he said, Spiritual gifts. If he said physical gifts, it makes sense. Spiritual gifts, it's in the realm of the spirit. There's no, 
There's no distance. So stay where you are and speak. It's my pause and I have to show up. Because there is a direct relationship between the physical presence of the career of the anointing and what the anointing does in people's life. The transference of the Holy Ghost. So he said, I needed to come so I might impart. Hmm. In Acts chapter 8, verse, verse 15, the Bible said, when the apostles in Jerusalem, when they heard that Samaria had received the word, they, verse, verse 14, they sent, verse, they, said, they sent Peter and John, when they came down, prayed for them that they might receive. So you need certain individuals. Your connection with certain individuals determine what happens in your life. Mm. Be careful who you are connected to. It's very important. Be very careful who you are connected to. Listen to this. He said, is anyone sick amongst you? James chapter 5, verse 14. That was, let him call for the elders of the church. Why do you have, they can't speak it. No, he said, call them. When they come, they will anoint them and lay hands on them. And so, they are transferred, the Holy Ghost comes on our lives through direct association and connection to the vessels of God, servants of God. Watch this. Anyone who God is using mightily anywhere, who has, God has used and is still using anywhere in the world, had a connection with another man of God. I stand by the grace of God to be able to be used by God in this dimension because of my connections with other men of God. And every now and then, I make sure I go back for some stronger connections. Now, I need to say this before I quickly move on the, Holy, the gift of the Holy Spirit. I need, to, I need to draw this to someone's attention. That the Holy Spirit can show up and there are two things that can negatively affect the influence of the Holy Spirit. It doesn't change who he is because he's God. But his influence can be affected. The influence he can have on you or a congregation can be affected. Or on a nation can be affected. Because the Holy Spirit can be grieved. According to Ephesians chapter 4, verse I think, 29 and 30. It talks about, and grieve not the Holy Spirit. He said, do not grieve. Verse 30 says that, do not grieve. Do you know, what does it mean to grieve? Amplified on the screen. Let's see if it says any different. He said, and do not grieve the Holy Spirit. Okay. Do not offend or vex or sadden him. Did you see that? You offend the Holy Spirit. Or you can, we can, human beings, we can offend the Holy Spirit. We can vex him. Vexing him. So he doesn't feel okay. Or we can, we, we can uh, uh, sadden him. Make him sad. So don't do that. Don't do that. Pastor, so what do I do? What are the things that people do that can offend the Holy Spirit? Anything that is contrary to the word of God, or any time maybe the Spirit of God is moving, a man of God is standing there and says, oh, lift up your hand, the Spirit of God, and then... So the, the flow of the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit actually can be grieved, and then number two, the Spirit of God can be quenched. Quenched. You know what it's like? You quench fire. <laughs> Quench, quench fire. You accidentally leave something on and it's burning, or the iron is too hot, or something. You want to, you have to quench it by pouring water on it. 
So what is happening here? The move of the Holy Spirit, someone can quench it. Isn't it? We as a congregation, we can quench it by the things we do and the set way we all, oh, no, 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 hey, we don't have time. Or, or, you know, there are so many things we can use to quench the Spirit. We can quench the Spirit because maybe sometimes we are in a hurry. Sometimes we want our things in a particular way. Alright, so you can quench the first, I can give you a scripture for that. In First Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 19, he said, Quench not the spirit. Shall we all say that together? Say it again, please. Say it louder. Alright, I think it's better this way. Look at someone and tell the person, please quench not the spirit. If you've just closed from church and then you are going to continue the week, you are about to start, start the week, and someone calls you about to gossip. Tell the sister, quench not the spirit. Quench not the spirit. You go, you are with your intended, beloved, um, fiancé or fiance or... And all, you are from church. Now all of a sudden, he's making moves. He says, hey brother, quench not the spirit. And walk away, walk away. Say, quench not the spirit. <laughs> brother, you have just closed from church. You are desirous to serve God. You are busy. You want to move on with it. The spirit of God is moving. You've come. The spirit of God has touched you. And we close. And then this your sister, the lady, that lady, that same lady calls you. He said, oh, I'm in, the, I'm in the neighborhood. I want to come and see you. And wearing this thing. And I'm coming to <laughs> you. see coming in the window. Shut, don't open the door. Quench not the spirit. Not that I come and quench the spirit with... <laughs> Uh, you don't know. See, what, this is what people don't know. They think I'm so fire, so this thing will move me. Hey, it, will, it will move you. It will move you. Hey, it will move you. By the time you, you realize you have quenched the Holy Ghost, your head, your leg is somewhere. Your head. <laughs> That's the one. Quench not the spirit. How many of you know what I'm talking about? Is someone receiving something? Tell someone, please quench on the spirit. Sisters, when you come to church, don't come and quench the spirit. Oh, I shouldn't say it. I'll say it. Don't behave like you didn't see yourself in the mirror before you went out. You show yourself and you knew what you wanted to display. Quench on the spirit. Even, you don't know. Even if I don't know, God knows. The Holy Spirit sent me to tell you, quench not the spirit. If you are not so feeling so hot physically, like temperature hot, then why, brother, why don't you just close the button? What's, what are you displaying for? <laughs> and the sister wants to concentrate. And then you are now coming to quench... Am I talking at all? And they call you. Did you see that shoe she was wearing? It's not real Louis Vuitton. Not real Louis Vuitton. It's, he, she bought it from East Street Market. It's just the red so It's not genuine. Ah, and so what has that got to do with your life? Tell that sister, tell that brother, please, quench not the spirit. Do you know why he didn't want to shake you? 
is because he thought, but, ah, you didn't even think that now they are sowing negative thoughts. Please, you have to, you have to mount, be responsible for the fire of the Holy Spirit in your life. You have to be responsible. You have to take responsibility to protect it by keeping yourself away from some unnecessary fire quenches. Keep yourself away. Keep yourself away. Other than that, you'll be wa- always be waiting for someone special to pray for you. Someone special to pray for you. And I'm, not, I'm telling you, there's no prayer that is more powerful than your personal relationship with the Holy Spirit, which is on fire. No prayer. So get it. That's right. Quench not the spirit. Tell someone, please, quench not the spirit. Am I speaking the truth? Right, let's quickly move into the uh, gift of the Holy Spirit. I needed to say this. All right. Gift of the Holy Spirit. In 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 1. Oh, you like what we are about to read. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 1. Now, concerning what? Concerning what? What did he say about that? Let's all read it. Let's read it. Let's go. Now, concerning spiritual gifts, I have no one to speak of One more time. I want you to read it for the last time, very loud. Okay, let's go. Now, concerning spiritual gifts, I do not want you to be ignorant. Isn't it interesting? Say, I don't want you to be ignorant. Ask the person sitting beside you. What do you know about spiritual gifts? <laughs> Think about it. The Bible says, I don't want you to be ignorant. Most of us don't know squat. About spiritual gifts. And he said, I don't want you to be ignorant. And you prefer asking God, give me a shoe, give me a car, give me a house. And the very thing he said, I don't want you to be ignorant. He said, it doesn't matter. Give me, you, uh, I've got seven PhD. I'm steady. You, uh, you are trying to study. It's good to study, okay? It's good to study. Study and study and study as much as you can. Study. But make sure that you are making use of, of your studies as well. But what is it? You, you boast of how much you know, but you don't know anything about spiritual gifts. You know, I'm a Christian. I've been a Christian 25 years. I've been a Christian 25 years. You know, I, I have seven certificates. I've finished this course. I've finished this course. I've finished this course. And I'm very, very intelligent, you know, and all that. What do you know about spiritual gifts? Because I said concerning spiritual gifts, don't be ignorant. What do we know about spiritual gifts? What are spiritual gifts? Watch our spiritual gifts. So he clearly tells us that he does not want us. God said he doesn't want you to be ignorant concerning spiritual gifts. Please tell someone, God said he doesn't want you to be ignorant concerning spiritual gifts. Are you afraid of the person? Tell the person. Please tell them. Don't quench the spirit. Just tell the person. Concerning spiritual gifts, brethren, I do not want you to be ignorant. You know that you were Gentiles carried away to these damn idols, however you were led. Verse 3 says that, Therefore, I make known to you that no one speaking by the Spirit of God calls Jesus accursed, and no one can say Jesus is Lord except by the 
Did you see how important it is to have the Holy Spirit working in your life? This whole Jesus business, you can't get anywhere with it outside of the Holy Spirit. So when you meet people and they say, me, I know everything in the Bible. I've been, a, I've been, I've been in church. Uh, I've checked this. I've checked this. They didn't check it by the Holy Spirit. Because if you check it by the Holy Spirit, you find out that the things that we are excited about regarding Jesus is real. Right? You say you know, you know, but you are so cold. Nothing about Jesus excites you. Possibly you don't know. It's just mental knowledge, but not a heart information. Your heart has not been informed. It's your head that has just found out some facts. And even the facts are not complete. Because if you get the completed facts, it will transfer, it will impact your heart. But the point here is that no one can say Jesus is Lord except the Holy Spirit. And you can't have the Holy Spirit and say Jesus, Jesus is not Lord. You can't call Jesus a curse. And he says that no one can say that uh, Jesus is Lord. Verse 4. Hmm. There are diversities of gifts, but the same spirit. Say the same spirit. Uh, Differences of administration, but the same Lord. And there are the diversities of activities, but it is the same God who works all in all. Alright? So he spoke about diversities of gifts, diversities of difference difference in ministries, and then diversities of activities. But so did you see the Trinitarian formula there? It said the Spirit, and it says Lord, the same Lord, and then it said what? The same God. Okay, one God, but it is the same God. So right, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit is there. The Trinitarian formula. You can see the Trinity at work. Alright, so there are things that it says that there are diversities of gifts by the same spirit, differences in ministry by the same Lord, and then diversities of activities by the same God who works all in all. Then the verse 7 is the most important part. But let's all read it out loud. Let's go. It's loaded. But the manifestation of the spirit. Let's all say manifestation of the spirit. What is manifestation? What does how does the amplifier put it? What is manifestation? But the manifestation, the evidence, the spiritual illuminations of the spirit, manifestation, showing forth something that is being displayed. Okay, now watch this. This is very important. The revealing. So the manifestation of it says in the uh, New King James, but the manifestation of the Spirit is given to each one for his profit. (laughs) It's very important. For the profit of who? God is an all-inclusive God. He's not a God of segregation, discrimination. Isolation. He doesn't do that. He's an all-inclusive God. But the manifestation, let's take it one after the other. The manifestation of the Spirit. Remember, the text calls it the manifestation of the Spirit. There are a few things I want to draw to our attention. There is a difference between talents and the gifts of the Spirit. So, naturally, I was very good with Drawing, art, very, very good. I could draw. That's a natural talent. It's a natural. Some people can sing, and they don't need the spirit to sing. Great guys, footballers, film stars, and all that. It's, it's talent. Most of it has to do with talent, right? 
But there's a difference. There's a difference between talent and the, the spiritual gift. And the gift of the Holy Spirit. What, the major difference is that the gift of the Holy Spirit is operated by the Spirit. Like the difference between a bicycle and a car. Bicycle, you don't need fuel. You don't need electric. You just sit there and start paddling. You're okay. But when there's shortage of fuel, the car won't go anywhere. Does that make sense? Right. So, in the same way, when it comes to talent, you don't need external. It's inside you. It's natural. But when it comes to spiritual gifts, it's different. When I was in secondary school, the chaplain of our, our school, who I didn't know, he's the one who says that uh, Ten Commandments, they are ten. If you obey five, at least you have, you have passed. <laughs> a priest, a priest, a priest. Can you tell the policeman, at least there are ten traffic lights. I obeyed all, only one. I went to the rest. Why don't you let me go? <laughs> but, <clears throat> and he's the same, the same person said that everyone has a gift. Some people, their gift is 70. Some people, their gift is playing football. Others, their gift is boxing. Others' gift is speaking in tongues. Other people, their gift is being nice and giving gifts. Other people, to their gift is just being hospitable. And so maybe your gift, if you don't speak in tongues or if you can't pray or you can't play, your gift may be singing or your gift may be serving tea or serving fruits. What's all this kind of rubbish? Where do you find that? That's why I said concerning spiritual gifts, I don't want you to be ignorant. You gotta understand someone who tell you all kinds of, uh, uh, you know, and then you take it like that. So, but he calls it the manifestation of the spirit. That means that the display of the spirit. Yes. So watch this. Those gifts we are, we are, I'm coming to enumerate, or the Bible enumerates, which we are, we are coming to repeat, is actually not self-operated. It's Holy Spirit operated and generated and operated. Because he says the man, so it's like the Holy Spirit decides to manifest himself. He decides to manifest himself. It's his manifest the manifestation. But guess what? The manifestation is given to people. So it will be manifested in your life, but it's not you. That's very important to understand. All right. So let's go back to the text. The manifestation of the Spirit is given to each one to profit for the profit of all. Verse eight. Now, we are going to count them. The first one is, for to one is given the word of wisdom through who? The Spirit. Now, what is the word of wisdom? This is what I want to take my time to explain quickly. What is the word of wisdom? Word of wisdom has to do with the ability to know some things supernaturally, especially pointing what is about to happen. Okay, so it's pointing to things that are about to happen or pointing to major decisions that need to be made. And suddenly, sometimes, okay, let me give you an, a, a typical example. Let's say you want to t- travel to um, Scotland tomorrow morning. All right, you're planning to travel to Scotland. And all of a sudden, the gift of the word of wisdom, word of wisdom, is different from wisdom, okay? And it's different from wise sayings. All right, <laughs> it's not the same thing. What is the word of wisdom? Where the wisdom comes upon, maybe I want, I want to travel to Scotland and then Pastor Charles received a word for me and he says that it looks like tomorrow that you want to travel to Scotland, don't go. Go or don't go in the morning, go in the afternoon. That's a word of wisdom. Because how did he know I shouldn't go in there? Why? 
How did he know what's yet to happen in the future? How did he know it's better it will be to my advantage to go at this time and not at this? You know what I'm talking about? Um, so word of wisdom, it has to point up to the future and direction about what decision one should make or shouldn't make regarding things in the future. Paul told them, I perceive that this journey is going to be commodious or it's going to be troublesome for us and our good. But they didn't listen to him, so they sailed anyway. That was word of what? Wisdom. Um, word of wisdom through the, through the spirit to another, the word of knowledge. Right, so number two, what is it? I can't hear. Number two? Now, what is word of knowledge? Word of knowledge is Bible talks about sometimes that, and they came to ask Jesus, should we pay taxes or not? And Jesus knowing what is in their head or in their hearts. In their, how did he know? Is there a special is there a special uh, apparatus you can use to check what someone is thinking? No. That's where the, can you imagine you you uh, the the lady was saying that uh, she met a lady in town or even her colleague at work. Remember last week's testimony, and she said she told the colleague you are going through something, and then she was dumbfounded. How did you know? It's called word of knowledge, right. and that is not human. That is supernatural. The spirit of God drops into your heart at a certain instant about something that someone is going through, or something that is currently happening, or something that has happened. And no one told you. You just knew. It's word of knowledge. And we believers must allow the Holy Spirit to manifest himself in us so much that these things are common. It's not for the pastor. And then they say, oh, you are a prophet. I'm a prophet. I can see. There is someone here called Mavis. 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 And he said, all of a sudden, now you are. are." That doesn't make you a prophet. It's just basic Christianity. Christianity 101. (laughs) (laughs) Hallelujah. So, word of knowledge. Let's all say word of knowledge. What's the third one? It says to another um, manifest, word, of, word of knowledge through the same spirit. Verse 9. Faith! By the same This is a very interesting one. It's going to get interesting. Say faith. Oh, it's a gift? What sort of faith is he talking about? Because is it the faith that we are saved by or the faith that the just shall live by faith which we have been preaching that faith comes by hearing the word of God? Is it the same? No, it's not the same. Faith as a gift. Smith Wigglesworth. You will keep hearing his name though. Someone was sick. And the person comes. Smith Wigglesworth says, lift up your hands. And he gives a blow to his wife. Don't go and try it. Oh. <laughs> he said, oh, Smith Wigglesworth did it. So I'm going to. <laughs> Don't try it. Because it's so scary. And he did it and knew that a man. The doctor said, you've killed him. He said, he's not killed. He's healed. That's faith. It's a unique. It's not normal human faith. It's a unique supernatural endowment of faith. He knew it. Yeah. He knew it. He wasn't born. He said he's not dead. Even though the man looked like he was dead. He said he's not dead. Faith. It's a unique endowment of faith. Like they, uh, in Acts chapter 3 verse 6. When they got to the beautiful gate. They saw the man who was begging for They said silver and gold. Don't touch as we have. And they, they held the man's hands. And pulled him. Get up and walk. And the man started walking. How did they know it worked? Spirit of faith. The gift of faith was at work. Is someone getting something? So that's the difference. The spirit of faith, which is different from our normal faith, Christian faith. Right? This one is, watch this, it's the manifestation of the spirit. So you don't choose it. He manifests himself. And those ones are very extreme situations. 
like you are in a plane and all of a sudden you decide to jump down by faith you must make sure (laughs) we will meet you in heaven many years after so the spirit of faith Alright, so one, it's not any particular order of importance. One, word of wisdom. Number two, word of knowledge. Number three, faith, uh, gift of faith. Number three, verse nine, the gift of healings. The gift of healings. Now, watch this. Bible says that in, uh, in Mark, 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 Mark chapter 16, verse 15 downwards, it said, this son shall follow, said, go into the world and baptize. It said, this son shall follow all those who uh, who believe in my name they shall cast out demons and then they shall speak with new tongues you see so new tongues is okay to speak in tongues it's a sign that you are a believer said so they shall speak in new tongues go to the next verse go to the next and they will pick up serpents and if they drink deadly uh, anything deadly it will not harm uh, hurt them and then they will lay hands on the sick and they will recover now watch this there is a difference between the normal laying on of a sick Maybe your colleague is sick, you pray for. And the manifestation of the Spirit through the gift of healing. Do you understand what I'm saying? Uh, what's the major difference? What manifestation of the gift, laying on of hands, is just by your faith and with, with what you know God has said. The manifestation of it, sometimes you don't even have to pray like others are praying. You change it, like some people have uniquely anointed with that. I'm talking about the gift of healing, which is common occurrence in a particular person's life. On, in unusual ways. In your unusual ways, any believer at all can pray for the sick and they recover. But when the gift of healing is operation, it's very strange. It's in strange ways. Alright? And then, so the gift of healing, and then the next one is what? Working of miracles. Is that right? The next one is um, working of miracles. Verse 10, working of miracles. Which doesn't need too much interpretation. There are some strange miracles that are happening. You are, God is using you to do it. And all, all of these that I'm mentioning, it is the, the Holy Spirit manifesting himself. Not you. So one day you sit down. Okay, today I'm going to work miracles. Then you go and do it. No. Did you, he said, it is, I will show you. Uh, the, it's the, God, God does it based on his will. The Holy Spirit does it according to his will. Not your will. It's very important. All you have to do is to avail yourself. Okay? Um, quickly. So, the gift of um, uh, working of miracle. And then the next one is prophecy. Verse 10. Prophecy. Let's all say prophecy. prophecy. What is prophecy? Prophecy is telling things that are yet to come. What's the difference between prophecy and word of, word of wisdom? Word of wisdom is as a kind of advisorial. Telling people, do this. You don't have to do this. This is, I see this, so do this. It's more. But word of prophecy. Prophecy is... It has two elements, very important. It's one, foretelling and foretelling. So prophecies foretell and prophecies foretell. Foretell. So speak forth. So God is saying through me, my children, my children, this is what I'm going to do. I'm bringing revival in the United Kingdom. And he's speaking as though God is taking over his vocal course. That's a speaking forth. And then foretell to say things ahead before they happen. This is, so prophecy has that element. That to either you foretell. So sometimes you say, Isaiah will go to the king and say, that's the the Lord. Stop what you are doing. That's the the Lord. Don't do this. That's the the Lord. It's not predictive. It's not predictive in nature. But it's just forth. He's speaking forth. What God is trying to let you know now. 
whilst we have the predictive one where it predicts in two years two years to come seven years to come ten years to come or next two years next next month this is about to happen to this gentleman i see this gentleman becoming i see someone becoming a millionaire that one is prophecy is foretelling does that make sense so that is the prophecy and this is not you can't how can you sit down and think okay 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 even though some people try they, are, they, they will use psychology. Think what you are particular, you, you are likely to need. So some people call themselves prophets, but they scan through. So sometimes, sometimes you people can force to say things. Alright. So sometimes people may mean right, but they can get it wrong. And what's the next one? Discernment of spirits. Is that oh, I, me, my special gift is discernment of spirit. When I go to a church, I can just know who is, whose tongue is genuine and whose tongue is not genuine. Hmm, this lady's tongue is not genuine. Hmm, that's the wrong spirit. It's a wrong spirit. It's a wrong spirit. Discernment of spirit is able to discern what kind of spirit is in operation at a particular time. So someone can come to you and he's talking and you know that the spirit of lies is talking now. Yeah, right. It's, it's a gift. You can discern what kind of spirit is in operation. You can meet someone who says that I am a special agent of God. And now, it is, I'm not, these things are not always resident because it's the manifestation of the spirit. And we have to let the spirit of God come upon us and then it helps for the spirit of God not to profit us. So it's like your security guard or um, that, that, soft, that, that antivirus software. So you are working with discernment of spirit so that no one can dupe you. And, no, that one is for you. But it brings us to profit us. So we are in church and the Holy Spirit is moving and someone begins to jump. <laughs> My children, you can quickly know sometimes someone who can pick up this is a false spirit. Move her out or move him out. It takes discernment of spirit to know because you don't. Who, how many of you have seen spirits before? <laughs> you can't see. So, how would you know? It takes discernment. Right? This is one of the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Right? So, love to. Uh, diverse kinds of tongues. Let's all say diverse kinds of tongues. What diverse kinds of tongues are different types of tongues. I want to explain this very carefully. Because someone will say, but okay, see, you are speaking in tongues. It's not every, maybe my gift is healing. Your gift is speaking in tongues. No, that's different. That's different. Paul said in 1 Corinthians chapter 13, I wish that you all speak in tongues. Just like I do. If it's not for all, why is he saying I wish you all? Okay, why, does, why is he opening it? So that you can all tap into it. But that tongues that we do, that kind of thing. It's not the gift tongues. This one is called diverse. Kind. What's your mother tongue? English and French. And why, why do you say tongue? Tongue is language. So when you say different types of tongues, okay, uh, different diverse kinds of tongues, diverse kinds of languages. On the day of Pentecost in Acts chapter two, verse four, Bible says that, and they all began to speak with what? Speak other, other, the same diverse. Other tongues, other languages, so people outside could hear them in their, their language. But the one we think, First Corinthians chapter fourteen, verse two. Look at what it says. It says if anyone speaks in tongues, if anyone whoever speaks in tongues does not speak to uh, uh, does not speak to men, but to God, for no one understands. So this one, no one understands. It's different from the one that we speak. Other ones, that this one is strange tongues, the same as new tongues, the same as unknown tongues. So he said, those who believe in me, Mark chapter sixteen, they will speak in our new tongues, new language, unknown. And when we are praying, the shandalaba and shandamites is to God, it's not to people. Does that make sense? 
So no, eh, someone told me, but on the day of Pentecost, when they spoke in tongues, everybody heard. Why is it that you, when you are in church, the one you are speaking, no one is understanding? You, you don't have understanding because you are ignorant about spiritual gifts. That's right. <laughs> the one we speak is not to address people, but to address God. He said, He speaks to God. Is there? He speaks in, that speaks to who? He said, not to men. You are not speaking to men. So why do you want to understand? Am I speaking to you? Why do you want to understand? <laughs> I'm speaking to God. <laughs> but so that is, watch this. I'm taking it somewhere quickly. I think I, I wanted to talk about how to now begin to pray in the spirit. I'll do it next week. Is that okay? What are the things to do to pray in the spirit? And the safeguards, what, have, what do you have to watch out for? Oh, you will be blessed. But let me finish this. Let me finish this. So he says that speaking in, there are two types of tongues. The gift one, the manifestation one, has to do with people uh, uh, communicating to people. Alright? So when he said other tongues, now watch this. There's a woman called Agnes in 1902, between 1902 and 1904. Before Azusa Street, the the, the, the lecturer, his lecturer, Bible school dean, called. Charles Panam. Charles Panam was teaching them on the Holy Spirit. He was teaching them about the Holy Spirit. And he told them about how tongues is a sign of the Holy Spirit. And then Agnes, that time people were not speaking in tongues. And so Agnes said, I want to speak. Pray for me. Pray for me. And the teacher himself had no experience. So he wasn't bold enough to do it. And he said, pray for me. Pray for me. Pray for me. And the, this woman was persistent. So the man that laid her hand and said, okay, receive it. Receive it. And suddenly, she started speaking in tongues for the first time. Now watch this. That started this revolution that we are seeing now. That's what led to Azusa Street Revival. But watch, watch this. What, she spoke in so much tongues afterwards. For two days, she, she couldn't speak. Two days she could And after that, she started, speak, she started writing and speaking Cantonese. She's never been to China or anything. He started speaking it. That is, so it's that strange impact. He spoke in other um, diverse kind of strange tongues and he started speaking diverse tongues at the same time. At the same time. So, Bible said, when he laid hands on them, the spirit of one came, they began, began to speak in tongues. That tongues they were speaking is a prayer language. I want to make something clear to you. Look at chapter, 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verse 18. I want to make something clear to you so that he said, I can speak in tongues more than all of you. Hey, who said, Paul? He speaks in tongues. What kind of talk is he talking about? The ones no one understands. I can speak in tongues more than any of you. But watch this. Look at the next verse. But in the church. Look at the next verse. Yet in the church. Where? Where? In the church. I would rather speak five words with my understanding. That I may teach others than to than 10,000 words. Some people say, you see, see why, then why are you speaking in tongues in church? Because Paul said, I'll speak, in the church I won't speak tongues. You don't understand spiritual gifts. <laughs> Can't I pray in church? Yes. Listen, look at the context. Why did he say we speak words of understanding? Why? That, that, English, that, that. The reason why, so that I can, can you imagine as I'm standing here, I begin to preach in tongues. Kamborokoto, Blokoto, Misha, Kande, 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 Abaya. How many of you will go, will go home blessed? <laughs> How can you understand that? So that in the church, if I'm communicating to people, I might as well speak in an intelligible language worse than use tongues which no one can be blessed. That's why he didn't say you can't use it to pray in church. That I may teach others. Are you teaching? 
That's the point. That I'm, is somebody getting it? That I may teach others. Ooh, I feel the Holy Ghost. <laughs> that I may teach others. Now watch this. But why did he say that? Because the Corinthian church were very interesting people. When they started speaking in tongues, they go for dinner. They say, oh, can you share something with us? Then someone will get up. He said, if you do that, how can the others say amen to your prayers? You know, it's there. First Corinthians, right? So in the church, if you do that, somebody will think you are even crazy. You come to church and everybody is speaking in tongues to each other. You know that we are getting out of our mind now. <laughs> but that's what they were doing in the Corinthian church. So Paul had to address it. He said, watch this. Now that will lead me to the next gift, which is interpretation of tongues. Now, if tongues is diverse, or if tongues can be clear, then why do we need interpretation? Now, there are times, watch this, there are times where God will give somebody a message with strange tongues. He can bring to the church. My children, how many of you have experienced that before in a certain, in a church setting? Someone begin to speak to us in tongues. Then by the time he finished, somebody else begins to interpret what he said. My children, I am here to bless you. My children, I'm going to take care of you. Or that same person may even receive that gift of interpretation to interpret what he has said. And that is a unique gift because you don't understand tongues. How can you interpret what you don't understand? Does that make sense? So, that gift, so nine gifts. Did you get something? Put your hands together for Jesus. Thank you for listening. For more resources, please visit caris.org and call us on 0207-740-9960. God bless you.